It's often a bit mystifying how brands magically go viral overnight. Sometimes they make it big, and other times they crash and burn. Is the road to brand fame and a bump to the bottom line worth the risk? I'm Alexis. And I'm Melissa. And we're just a little obsessed with these marketing moments. So join us as we break down the craziest brand stunts, from how the idea sparked to how the heck they pulled it off. Or didn't, and of course, will it stick? Hi, good morning. Good morning. How was your morning? It was pretty good. The kids started school this week, so it's day three of the back-to-school rat race, and we just had a little fight over outfits this morning. I, like, spent a lot of money on back-to-school clothes for Madison, and she promised me Everything I bought her, she would wear. And then we actually get to like the days she's supposed to wear, you know, back like school clothes. Yeah. And she refuses to wear jean shorts. Straight up refuses. And like I bought all these jean shorts. She wants to wear like black workout shorts every day with like fancy tops. I'm like, this is not, I, I get it. I can't, I shouldn't care, but I care. Okay. So this episode is crazy. And I feel like the more and more I'm writing these episodes, the nerdier I'm getting. (laughs) Because, again, you know me. This is, like, so out of character for me. I'm not a writer. I'm not, like, a deep researcher. I'm an idea girl. I, like, it's just totally out of character for me, which has actually been really fun. And I never thought I'd be so into history, like, after, especially after the smoking episode. And... This week, we went to do a kickoff at a 100-year-old law firm, and I would have never been this excited, but, like, they started talking about the history of the firm and who started it and, like, the impact they made on society, and I started Googling it and finding all these cool things about these old dudes. Yeah. And we came up with this really cool concept, like, let's do a timeline and show how it was back in the day. And so I was super fascinated, which I thought was weird. And then when I'm writing this... I learned about this theory and like, again, not my Not your jam usually, jam. but it's almost like you're m- like morphing a little bit into like this new version of Alexis. I Alexis know. fun Chris A. I'm getting really <laughs> philosophical. <laughs> so today I started off wanting to cover a brand that I'm obsessed with and I love. And then I discovered a theory that has been around since 2009 And probably before then, but in 2009, this brand really made it popular. Okay. And frankly, when I started digging in, I was so intrigued. And not only did I find a million other brands who have utilized this theory, a light bulb went off that like, we've been doing this at Serendipit since we started. Really? We just never like said what it was. We never knew it had a name. And I think now that I cover this, I'm going to really educate our clients, like what this theory is and why we need to do marketing that applies to this theory. Okay. That makes sense? Cool. So today we're talking about the fun theory. Oh. Have you heard about it? Uh, I mean, just in some like random articles I've read, it's come up, but I don't know much about it. So I'm excited. So the fun theory was actually created by Volkswagen, Sweden. Okay. And DDB Stockholm. They're a huge agency that has been around forever. They do awesome stuff. Yeah. And the fun theory suggests that it's easier to bring about behavioral change if the targeted behavior is positioned as fun. Yeah. Of course, right? I mean, it's kind of like parenting. I know. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) That's what I had. I mean, 
It's so funny because sometimes you'll like, you get so caught up in being pissed off and trying to parent. And Wes laughs at me because sometimes I'll just be super goofy. And when they're whining, I'll just whine louder and just sing a song and do just weird shit. And I'll laugh and the kids get actually pissed and then they'll turn around, Uh you know? Totally. So I don't know about you, but I've started this new thing about with laundry because I want my kids to do laundry. Mm-hmm. So we do like relay races with the basket because it's on wheels oh, of who fun. can get the laundry into the laundry That's super thing fun. I love faster. it. Yeah. yeah. So I've been just trying to do crazy things and have fun. And there's another game that's hilarious that someone told me about. Have you heard of the dollar game? No, I don't think so. So you hold a dollar on the wall. Like you turn the kids' faces to the wall and put a dollar and they have to hold the dollar with their nose and be silent. And the first one who talks or drops the dollar loses. Oh, so like in the middle of a tantrum, I should do this? Yeah. Or just like when you want them to be quiet, hey, this is a fun game. <laughs> who can hold the dollar? Madison would be like, I'll do it for 20. <laughs> I know. She's Kate such a negotiator. A hundred, how about 100, mom? <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah, I mean, you just, in parenting and in life, we should just always make everything fun, in, in my opinion. Yeah. So in marketing, the fun theory can be applied through gamification, contests, and really anything we can do. Mm-hmm. And the root belief is that if you can make customer interactions and other stakeholders' experiences more engaging and fun, they're more likely to remember your brand. Yeah, of which course. Is, of course. So the fun theory was actually first popularized by Volkswagen in 2009 with a campaign that wanted to change people's behaviors about bringing a positive impact okay. to the world. Okay. So Volkswagen faced a big challenge when launching its Blue Motion Technologies in Sweden. At the time, like the eco car market in Sweden like wasn't really a thing. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to educate consumers and show that VW actually was a credible car company that was an eco-innovator, really. Because mm-hmm. people didn't really think of Volkswagen as like... An eco-friendly... Like the, the electric car. Yeah. Like they weren't really known for that. Yeah. So Volkswagen actually hosted a contest and a movement to have people try and make positive changes in behavior by making it fun. Okay. And it wasn't specific to anything. It was just changing consumer behavior about something that can impact the environment or like society. Yeah. So the winner would win 2,500 euros and they had 700 submissions from 35 different countries, which is crazy. So they wanted to really impact Sweden, but they were like, we got to launch this everywhere. Like globally, Globally. basically. Because Volkswagen is obviously a global company. Global company. So they began the global conversation on fun and human behavior change, which is so interesting. So look at these videos. Volkswagen like put this challenge out there. They created a website, they created a blog, and they said, you know, you can get as creative as you want, but you need to change a behavior. But it wasn't anything related to a car? I'm anything like, related so to a car. How did they even explain what they like what they were, I guess, trying to do? Like what was the premise of the It like, was just like change consumers' behavior to impact the environment or society in a better way. Okay. So it was like an essay contest? No. Check this out. Okay. They had to like create something. I mean, oh. they could have written something, but you know, the winners needed to go all out. Yeah. So Volkswagen actually they started by creating one of their own. They did it to encourage people to use the stairs over the escalator. So to change like their health habits. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So look at this video.
So Volkswagen did those themselves as examples for this campaign, right? Well, they did the first one where the escalator was. Yeah. They installed like on the stairs. So there's a staircase and an escalator. And it was like a subway. Subway. They wanted people to start being healthier by using the stairs. So they legit put like all the wiring to make the stairs like a piano. Like big. Like, like big. the movie big. And it's so funny because you could see people walking up like, what? They, they thought it was kind of cool. And then people like would test it and put their foot on it and it would make noise. And then other people were like jumping around, like trying to play a song. Which yeah. Is so and then fun. suddenly like you're watching the video because they set up like a, a video camera that no one probably knew was there and no one was taking the escalator. No. And so actually 66% of people started taking the stairs. The stairs now. That's awesome. And then there was another one where they basically put like colors on the stairs, like in different ways going up, it was like an office building, right? Yeah. And so people would take the stairs and they had to like jump onto the different colors, right? And it was like fun to take the stairs because yeah. you had to think about, you know, skipping a stair or going from side to side. Yeah. It was just like a game. Yeah. How that's cool. super cool. Right? Okay. So that was kind of like their first one. And then they launched the campaign, put that video on just to like inspire people, the yeah. one with the escalator. How did they launch it? On social or where? On social media, they launched it on, like they created their own website mm -hmm. and then they challenged people and they did a ton of press around it. Yeah. So there was another one that was created to help people use the bottle bank or the recycle bin. So okay. in Europe, it's called the bottle bank and they made it into an arcade game. And so it's so funny because the bottle bank, they actually tracked it and the bottle bank was used a hundred times in one night while within a few steps away, there was a, another one that was like a recycle bin and that was used like twice. Oh, People wow. kept like going because they'd put the bottles in and it would like the score, it would it like would give them a noise score. and it would <laughs> give them a score and people just thought it was hilarious. And then there was another one someone created that it was the world's deepest trash can. So like they put a like a sound in it. Oh, so it was like a sound effect that made it seem like it was going forever and ever. And they said that actually in the park, people kept picking up trash. And putting, putting it in, it in there. Because they wanted to like play this game. So there was, I mean, a ton of these that inspired change. And I'm going to show you a few more. But I have to show you something. After I read that trash can one, what I found. What? Oh my gosh. Our video. We, <laughs> I was dying laughing. That video is so funny. We actually did a video submission for an RFP years ago for a campaign that was like, don't trash Arizona. And to really make our RFP stand out, we created a video for the office to do to the song. Don't just, just, throw, just it throw it in the bag. And I choreographed a dance and it's really hilarious. We'll definitely post it on social. But speaking of fun theory, that was really freaking fun. That was fun. so fun. Yeah. And I feel like if we would have won that campaign, I mean, that video like was, it was awesome. so good. I mean, it's super cheesy. <laughs> but, super cheesy. <laughs> I'm like, was embarrassed watching it. But. Okay, so there's another one. And it's, this was my favorite one. It's called the fast lane that someone did. So these guys install skateboards at the front of shopping carts and put graphics under them saying fast lane. So they wanted to improve and change behavior in the grocery store to make shopping fun. Oh my God, that's so awesome. People actually took this really seriously. They like 
fixed skateboards to shopping carts. They must have gotten welded them. Welded them. They must have gotten the grocery stores buy-in, and they created a whole like line of carts that was the fast lane with skateboards attached. And then people were like grabbing the the shopping carts and like skating through the grocery store. What's so funny is that's what I do without a skateboard. I know. I hold on to the grocery store. And I cart. like do a one foot up and like a, like a kind of a. Like how fun if there was a skateboard attached oh to it, right? God, that'd be amazing. I know. It's like, that would be awesome. I wonder how many people would crash in the grocery store. But like, that's so true. Grocery shopping is such an annoying chore. How cool to make that fun. Although I don't know how that makes human behavior like makes a positive impact on human behavior, like what well, their challenge was. I mean, have you been in the grocery store and people are just assholes? Yeah. I mean, during quarantine, it was really bad. Like, yeah. cause it was even worse cause you couldn't see their face, but some people are just pissed off. Yeah. Like when they go to the grocery store and that's true. I guess the know, human the, behavior is like, let's be nice to each other. Yeah. And like you're laughing. So mm-hmm. you're like, some people will run you over with their car. I mean, in Costco, people will legit people run you over. jerks at Costco. Yeah. But I thought this was hilarious. So they didn't win, but people went all out, like for 2,500 euros. You know, yeah. they wanted to win. Yeah. But the winner was actually a U.S. citizen, and his name was Kevin Richardson, and he came up with the idea of the speed camera lottery. So his idea uses speeding cameras at intersections to track down speeders that will be fined and rewards people who obey the speed limit. Okay. So people who got the speeding ticket paid into this lottery, and then the people that didn't speed were like entered their, they took pictures of their license and they were entered in to win money. Oh, wow. Isn't that so cool? And yeah. He, so he actually, again, installed all these cameras and installed like a lottery screen and it kept showing how much money kept getting entered by, you know, they'd flash and someone would get a ticket. So $400 would go into the but lottery. But how did he arrange giving people tickets and getting them to pay them? He worked with the Department of Transportation. In what and state? In road safety. It said in Sweden, actually. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Why is he? So, oh, maybe he was, he was a just, U.S. citizen living in Sweden. Yeah, he was a U.S. citizen li- living in Sweden, and he worked with the National Society for Road Safety. And he literally installed cameras at all the major crossroads in Stockholm. And he was like, instead of punishing people, he's going to reward people for driving the speed that's limit. That's so awesome. So cool, right? Yeah. So in... It was a three-day experiment, so 24,857 cars drove through the camera. Yeah. And after the first day, the average speed was reduced by 22%. Wow. Crazy, huh? Yeah. So it actually changed behavior. Yeah. So this campaign, in my mind, was a huge success. It married environmentalism, fitness, and fun to the VW brand without a single car or product shot. It was like they didn't talk about VW. They didn't show cars. It was all just about like human behavior and society. And then it tied back to the brand. Yeah. Which was, I, I love that. It's always better when it's not like a direct sales push. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting to me that a business can create a non-traditional advertising campaign that like entertains or inspires someone, but also created this huge brand awareness campaign for VW. Oh, right? yeah, totally. So... VW, huge success. So I started diving in again to more of what they've done. Yeah. And they're a phenomenal brand. So, you know, when VW bus launched its people first warranty, Uh their goal was to shock consumers because all of their competitors had a warranty, but VW bus had, was launching their 72,000 mile bumper to bumper warranty that was 
you know, twice its competitors' yeah. warranty. Yeah. And they launched this video that, again, said nothing about the warranty. It, it didn't, didn't say yeah. anything about 72,000 miles, nothing, right? But the nostalgia of the ad just drew consumers in. And in the first nine months, sales jumped 9.2% and they sold 252,000 vehicles. Holy cow. After that campaign launched that campaign, that commercial and just the concept of the people first warranty. I love that. So cool. So cool. The video is so cool. Watch it. It's called Rain. Okay. And it goes back to VW's cultural glory days with the scenes of hippies cramming into like that classic yeah. VW. It was called the... Um, it was a VW bus that was, was like called so the iconic. Microbus yeah. at that time. And it's still iconic, right? And it's a rainstorm and they're all at Woodstock. And one girl just like opens the door to the bus and crams as many people she can in the bus. To get out of the rain. To get out of the rain, right? And, and they're all like having so much fun. Yeah. And it's so cool. And it's like the soundtrack is with a little help from my friends, which is an awesome song, yeah. right? And the whole campaign was created to push their people first warranty. Okay. So they just wanted to show like that people are caring. And like if you lend a hand or become friends with people, like that's what happened in the 70s. That girl didn't know anyone at Woodstock, but she saw everyone suffering in the rain and put them in her car. Yeah. Like, would that happen today? Uh, no. No. But it was awesome. And the camp, the commercial was a huge success. Their people first warranty was known by so many people. Well, I wonder what how that translates. I mean, is it just the concept, the people first warranty? Like, they put people first. It's not a warranty, right? It's not, it was just like, it was a campaign, a concept. Well, it was for, they launched a new warranty okay. so for their cars. Got it. Okay. So they wanted to promote, like, if you buy any VW, yeah. we they have an amazing warranty. And yeah. they want to put people first. Cool, so like they it. care about, you know, not just the cars, but they're caring about the people behind the cars. Yeah, I love it. And that's it. really VW's whole thing. Yeah. And, I mean, have I ever told you about my obsession with VW bus? I don't think so. Really? No. Okay, so... Again, I talked about that I was a skater. Like, I went through that whole phase. Mm-hmm. And, of course, when I was a teenager, like, I also went through a hippie phase. Okay. And my room was like, you'd walk into my room. There was the beads, like, to the door. <laughs> I had the incense burning. Incense burning. Lava I had, lamp. Like, lava lamp. I had these, like, flower I stickers. I feel like I was there. I, like, just know exactly what your vibe was. <laughs> I did not know you then. I had like glow-in-the-dark mushroom and flower stickers. From from Spencer's? Yeah. <laughs> How do you know? I was you, but I wasn't. <laughs> so I was 15 at the time, and all I could think about was I'm getting a car, right? Yeah. Like I'm saving my money to get a car. And I was like, I'm going to get a VW bus with a pop tent. What? That's the car I wanted. <laughs> and my parents like, you are not. No, like I lived in La I'm Kenyatta. sure your parents were like, I can imagine all the things you'll be doing in that giant bus where people could lay down and get it well, on. I was like, when I'm pissed at you, I'm just going to go live in the bus. Live in the bus. I'm going to drive to the park and live in the bus. Like I realistically <laughs> thought I would that do this. That sounds genius, Alexis. <laughs> what the fuck? And my dad, again, from La Kenyatta, like... Everyone drove a BMW. They're like, you are not getting a VW bus and like pulling up to school in your like ghetto <laughs> VW bus with your pop tent. <laughs> so I ended up getting you a Honda Civic. You just with your hands so amazingly. That's why we keep hitting it. Sorry. <laughs> She's excited about the damn bus. I did not get the VW bus, but I got a Honda Civic and... Not the same thing not at all. Not the same thing. <laughs> VW 
again, not only are they all about fun, but they, and people, Mm -hmm. they've created an amazing brand image and the cars that they've created, like the Beetle and this Volkswagen bus are iconic. Like there's nothing else like them. Nothing else like them, right? I mean, people, the VW bus, they created it in the 70s, right? And people loved them. Mm-hmm. They customized them. There were people painted flowers on them. It was just like this car that made people feel good mm-hmm. and like actually gave out such a cool vibe. And mm-hmm. same with the Volkswagen Beetle. Even though it was like a tin can, like you would die if you actually... Yeah, but it's crazy because like to our parents, you know, the boomer generation, it represented like this insatiable desire to live life fully and with passion and like be free. And they wanted everything to be controllable, individual, colorful, and fun, Mm -hmm. our parents, Mm -hmm. which is so funny because now they're totally different, right? (laughs) They're like, so the VW bus in the past, it was, it represented the open road and the potential for self-discovery. And it offered the possibility to take your home with you. And it provided a vehicle for you to drive and freedom. Yeah. So true. the what was so cool about VW is they created a car that inspired a movement and created this insane behavior amongst our parent like our parents' generation. Yeah. And today, I mean people still, if you see a VW bus not our generation, but our parents, like they get the image of like fun. Mm -hmm. And again, that like- It's that nostalgia. Nostalgia, right? And they think of VW, that brand in that way, which, Mm -hmm. so VW is continually- marketed themselves as like this freedom writer. Like they- It's so interesting though, because you said that's how our parents still feel, but like how has VW continued that imagery- with our generation and even younger, because I don't have that same feeling about VW. Yeah, they, I think now it's more about they focus on just people. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but they don't do it as well. I yeah. think as I they think did in the past. Yeah, I think they created that one commercial a while ago for the Super Bowl, which was the Star Wars theme, mm-hmm. and they were showing like how the car was also cool for the kid, and it was for the family, and they just. They haven't done it as well as they used to do it in the past. Yeah. You know, they were, they went all out and now they're actually, they own, if you didn't know this, they actually own Lamborghini. Uh-huh. They own like every major car company. Yeah. yeah. Did you know that? It's, no, that's crazy. So I think they've kind of like diluted their marketing now at, after they've gotten so big, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah. That's disappointing. Cause like, it feels like back then their um, marketing was so authentic cause it was just actually how the world was and how people were reacting and like how they were utilizing the vehicles and they were portraying that. And it's almost like a little more forced now. I mean, think about how many VWs you see on the road, you know? I mean, Jettas. I see Jettas. Jettas. It's like literally the only VW that I can think of. And maybe that's crazy, but that like a current car that I might see on the road that I can think of, that's VW. They have like this new cool SUV version that my sister just got. I forget the name of it, but... Huh. And she loved it. So maybe yeah. it's marketing to the younger generation. Yeah. But this fun theory still is it's so, so cool. amazing. And I just wanted to share, because I was Googling this, and there's so many other brands that are like applying this fun theory to their marketing. And it's actually through more experimental marketing. Okay. And it's hard to convince a brand to do this because it's super expensive. And if you don't have a solid way to track your ROI... It's hard. Like on the stairs, right? How would you really see how many people like change the behavior? And like, what does that really have to do with the brand? 
Right. Yeah. And so it's really hard, but it's so necessary because, you know, when brands do this, they create a memorable and immersive experience and it's live and it's in person. It's not just like an ad. It's Mm -hmm. like you're experiencing it and you remember the brand way more than just seeing an advertisement. Yeah. Because you get a certain feeling when you experience a brand and you have a memorable experience and that stays with you. It's hard because not a lot of companies know how to do it correctly, but if you do it right, it will completely change your brand image, Ooh, which is Give awesome. me some examples. So there's some cool things that over the past several years, you know, a lot of different brands have been doing this and creating these experimental marketing like activations at conferences and just in the middle of the street. And it's so cool, but they're big budget brands, right? Okay, like, yeah. so you have to think, really think through it. So in... 2017, HBO actually did something really cool. Do you remember like escape rooms were really cool yeah. back in the yeah. couple of years ago? Yeah. So they actually created three different escape rooms at South by Southwest. People had to go in there and solve this mystery. And they geared the rooms towards the three most popular shows, which I don't I only knew one of these. Veep, Silicon Valley, and Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, I knew all of them. Okay. I knew all of them. So it was so cool. Like there was a brand experience where they locked these people in the room. They'd solve the mystery of things that were related to the shows. Uh-huh. And look at these rooms are so cool. Oh, wow. They're really like decked out. Yeah. And I think that when you do this, they're having fun. They're interacting with each other and they remember like, so they're going to go watch that show and it makes them way more in- inclined to like tell other people about the show and, and that, talk about HBO. about the show, it's more about HBO. I mean, now in this age of like, you have to have the app to watch this, like there's so many apps and streaming networks, you know, they're competing. So to get people to like buy into HBO is a big deal. It's a big deal, right? And so this was extremely successful. Like show ratings totally increased. The app downloads skyrocketed. Oh, I'm which sure. Which is crazy. Yeah. So was each room themed differently? Because that one looks like, is that Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones. So That's cool. It looks really like Stone Age kind of on the walls and there's... It just, it looks really themed, basically. Again, these things aren't cheap to build. I mean, they no. had to build. Well, and if you're having a any kind of activation at South By, you're spending a lot of money. A lot of money, yeah. Right? You know, I said my middle name would be fun, and I love to throw parties, but if I could have a theme party, like, every time I threw a party, I would be in heaven. Oh, for sure. Like I want every, even every day at the office, like I want it to be themed. I know it's kind of exhausting. I'm like, can we just do our work? And she's like, let's, let's do pajama day. (laughs) Actually, I'm not in a pajama day, but like 80s day, I'm all about it. So Smirnoff actually did this amazing campaign, which I thought was awesome. You know how comic books and comic book movies are so popular, right? Amongst like a certain demo, but Really, the Smirnoff demo. Yeah. If you think about it. Yeah. Like, do you drink no. Smirnoff? No. No. I ice my friends for fun. It's hilarious. Yeah. We actually often, we will hide warm Smirnoff ices when we go to friends' houses. And when they find it, they have to take a knee and drink the warm Smirnoff ice. Like, it's a thing with my friends and I. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> disgusting. And I'm 38 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta keep it fun. Gotta yeah, keep, keep it, it fun. fun. <laughs> so look at this. They created this themed industry party that was centered around comic books. The whole entire venue was designed like comic book style. The bartenders were dressed up as different comic characters. The ambassadors walking around were different. It was kind of like Comic-Con type yeah. thing. But everything was Smirnoff, like based. Mm-hmm. So they had swag. All the drinks were Smirnoff. It was 
awesome. And people just had an awesome time. Yeah. Right? And you like Gilmore Girls, right? I this love another one that Gilmore that Girls. Yeah. So tell me, I mean, I never watched Gilmore Girls. What? I know. Oh my God. It's you either love it or you just aren't in the cool crowd. And I guess you're not. But it's just the relationship between mother and daughter, the small town they live in, the experiences that Rory has like growing up. Like it's just as a girl, like it's just such I, a perfect show. I need show. to watch Gilmore Girls. But you're definitely a super fan, right? I'm a super yeah. fan. I like when Luke's coffee shop did like a pop-up thing, I was like, oh, you're gonna talk about that. Sorry to ruin it. But <laughs> oh well, God, I already yeah. know all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. So like when Netflix, the show ended and then Netflix announced it. that it was going to do like a reboot, mm-hmm. they created 200 replicas of Luke's coffee shops mm-hmm. or diners mm-hmm. around America. Mm-hmm. So cool. Yeah. Check it out. My, I think my mom and my sister actually went. I think you and I were on a work trip, if I remember correctly. And I think they actually made a reservation at the one here in Phoenix. Yeah. They actually went to it. And what's so funny, I, ha- I was searching for the name of it real quick. So the guy who plays Luke on the show, what is his name in real life? He has his own podcast. It's kind of weird, but like... He talks about all the behind the scenes moments of Gilmore Girls. Like it's basically like, I feel bad saying this, but maybe it's like all he has to live for now. Oh, how sad. I know. I don't know. I mean, he's been in other things, but it's a really interesting podcast. I'll find the name of it, but yeah. This is so cool. So fans were freaking out. Obviously, you're you were one of those fans mm-hmm. that like had to visit Luke's diner, make a reservation. They were so excited, and then it was a huge success for the relaunch of, of the, the Netflix. Season. Oh, yeah. and it was all over Instagram. Everyone was posting about it. Everyone was like dying to find the one closest to them. It was a huge deal, and the Netflix reboot was so successful. I mean, so I know successful. it was. It was like everyone was talking about it. Yeah, I could go on and on about these cool experimental like activations and things centered around fun theory, right? So all I can say is now I'm so excited to bring this to our clients. But when you recommend something like this and when you're thinking about any activation, like before you think of the idea, you have to think about the ROI. Like, am I going to gain traction for my brand? How am I going to track it? Like some of these, obviously when they made reservations, they got people's name and number and they probably remarketed to them. But in HBO, you actually had to check in before you got went in the room. So mm-hmm. they got everyone's data. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to spend that much money... You need to get something out of you it. You have to get something out of it. They're not tracking sales. They're, they want... Yeah, they want people's information so they can remarket to them. And, and of course, they want like downloads for the show. Yeah. And if you're going to do something so off the wall and it's going to make people think of the brand... You have to reconnect it back and keep reminding them of the brand and that experience. It's so interesting. I'm just curious about bringing it back to Volkswagen. How did the fun theory, is there any stats that you found on like, did it actually impact or change people's beliefs on the fact that they are, should be known for their cars that are better for the environment? In Sweden, it did. So when they actually launched their eco-friendly car, they sold out within the first two weeks. Oh, wow. And so people actually knew they were eco-friendly and and then it started spreading. And now in America, Volkswagen is known as an eco-friendly car, but they were just really nervous. Like, are people going to think of us? Because eco-friendly cars weren't really that big of a thing at all in 2009 or whenever you said this came out initially. Because I remember we did the Nissan Leaf research. Remember that? Oh my gosh. We did that whole project and Nissan Leaf was, I believe, one of the first electric cars like that was going to hit the market, wasn't it? Yeah. In the U.S. at least. I don't oh, know. Oh, I forgot about that campaign. Yeah, because we actually did that Twitter campaign to generate conversation around like, would you buy an eco-friendly totally. car? Do you know about it? What do you know about it? What are your questions or your concerns? Like it was a research project. But 
what was interesting, again, that was directly talking about a brand. We were putting it all out there. Like uh-huh. it wasn't what Volkswagen did. It oh, was it was more way like more a, indirect. Yeah, it was indirect. And people actually tied it back to the brand. Yeah. I mean, the press they got was Oh, insane. I'm sure. And they developed... If they really developed this theory, like that's amazing to have that tie back to a brand. If you search anything on the internet, it's, it's all Volkswagen. Volkswagen. I mean, that's crazy. That's that's super cool. I love I it. Know. I want to bring theory. the fun theory into parenting and into the office. I love it. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. So my sources, fastsensor.com, examples of experimental marketing in the real world was a great article. That's where I found all the Gilmore Girls stuff, awesome. all the HBO stuff. Ad Age had so many amazing articles, but one titled Creativity, Work, and People First Warranty, that was the one that had that super cool commercial about the VW bus. Yeah. And the other one with Ad Age and Fun Theory was an amazing article on just VW bus. Awesome. Well, that was a great one, Lex. Thank you. And thank you all for listening to us. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we hope you'll come back next week for another new story. If you want to support our podcast, we would love a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Really, we just want you to listen and have fun and share it with your friends. So do all of those things and send us an email if you have any suggestions for episodes we can cover. It is willitstickpodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Instagram and leave a comment there. See you next week. Thank you. Have fun in the meantime, by the way. Have fun. <laughs>